Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Recording tonight, the 31st of January, the Williams Bloom Sunday Night Podcast is always presented by our friends at MacDyne, the MacDyne Corporation. You can check them out at MacDyne.com. MacDyne. Enabling discovery. A couple of Iowa State graduates created a worldwide company, a collection of technology companies, that is, that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. You should go to their webpage at MacDyne.com. Go to their careers and check out all of the job listings that are open at MacDyne.com. I tell you guys this every week, and I'm not just... Uh, blowing smoke whenever y'all kick me off of this cyclone fanatic thing i'm gonna go and uh call my man chris clover one of the guys who uh started MacDyne and see if i can get me a job there it's a phenomenal company check them out also i want to thank our friends at franklin barbershop go to franklinbarbershop.com and you can book a haircut beard trim kids cut do all that good stuff I was in there the other day, Bloom, and there was a horror movie on called... Like, um, like scary horror. Yeah, yes, yes. I want to make sure <laughs> I want I want to make sure I get this movie correct so people can Google it because it was one of the most ridiculous movies I've ever seen in my life. Sounds it, about right. It's, it's called Don't, Don't Go Into the Woods, <laughs> dot, 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 alone, exclamation point. Phenomenal Um Time. Uh, Ryan, your guy. Yeah. Cut my hair the other night. He's a good man. Uh, check him out at franklinbarbershop.com as we continue to uh, promote small businesses here on the Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast. Are you ready? They think you can tell us what to do. You think you can tell us what to wear. You think that you're better. Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down. Uh, I got. I, I do have news today for you. Oh. Um. Longtime friend of the program, friend of ours, uh, personal friend of ours, Chris English. Yeah. Working on a little uh, Williams and Bloom podcast entrance song. Awesome. Yeah. He's a super talented guy. He is. Uh, he performs under just the name English now. I'm sure a lot of you listening have probably seen him at different breweries or bars around town well, prior to the pandemic, of course. Uh, but you'll be able to hear him. I saw him coming first, up. first perform uh, when we were in college at uh, 
Cafe Baudelaire. Nice. I don't remember the night very well. I just remember we went to watch English and had too few many of those. Um, oh, those they're, they're long whatever, Island whatever, whatever they, yeah, or whatever yeah, the hell they, whatever they called them. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Good nights. Woo! Uh, good nights indeed. Uh, better nights uh, have surrounded us in the Iowa State basketball program. We're going to get to all that. Uh, we do have a lot of football to get to tonight. I, I got quite a few talking points. Uh, and looking ahead to this week, uh, I will be doing an exclusive one-on-one uh, with Matt Campbell coming up on Tuesday. I don't know when that will be posted, but stay tuned to the feed this week. Uh, those are always bloom. We've talked about it a lot. It, it, and it's not me. It's Campbell in that setting is the best. Yes. Like, it's the best you'll get him out of a calendar year is is in that setting. Right now, uh, January-ish is, is really the best time of year. Uh, to get these guys, especially now that signing day is not what it once was. Really looking forward to that. I'm sure it'll be a insightful interview. They always are at this time of year with him, but I think this year more than any because I think even his personality changed uh, this past year and would have had to to try and... Oh, it did. And so I'd be yeah. curious, if, you know, his method behind the madness there. I'm going to, yeah, try and get him to talk about that a little bit. And we, usually, like, some people, when they listen to those interviews um, with Matt, will, will critique me, and, and I'm fine with this, because they want more football. Um, we get that most of the time with Matt. I think it's really interesting to go underneath the hood with him. Yes. You know, when when Rob Gray sits down with Matt later on, we'll do the football thing. Like, let's let's find out what makes this guy tick and what makes this program what it is. Why did Iowa State handle this so well, more so than anybody, you know, pretty much any other program yeah. in the country? I mean, that's, I think that's applicable, not just football context, but just life context of, you know, how do you, how do you lead during this stuff? And I think, I mean, Matt, Matt's a, obviously you could ask him about the, you know, who's the, what's the third string running back situation going to be? What do you want from Eli Sanders, stuff like that? We'll get to that. Yeah. It's the other things that, that can be applied elsewhere that I think are pretty interesting. No doubt. That'll be great. Yep, that's, Good timing. That, that is coming up later in the week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, segment two here of the podcast, we will be diving deep into Iowa State football. The basketball program, Bloom, has hit rock bottom. Uh, we, yeah. I, I, I'm not just saying this to for business purposes. We had a great zoom town hall meeting with our premium and uh our premium and patreon subscribers last week the the super duper patrons uh at the 20 dollar level and um you know i would encourage everybody if you're really into like the movement and everything going on to consider a premium subscription right now our premium message board is really thriving this time of year um with that um i you know, I, I wasn't really surprised, I guess, on Saturday when when Steve came out on Friday and basically or Thursday, whatever it was, mm-hmm. talked about they weren't getting many guys back. I thought the effort was great against uh, Oklahoma State. Um, they really, I thought, were playing like they wanted it, like they missed basketball. Uh, and I was concerned about carrying that over on the road. What resulted um, with that game with like, I think they were saying six and a half scholarship guys because Coleman Lands was on a. He could only play uh, yeah. so much. I mean, that was that was one of the worst 
experiences I've ever had watching Iowa State basketball. Uh, there have been some blow points. Um, I, I do feel for them uh, going to, you know, I, I, playing with six guys is, is, is really hard. But I, I, I honestly, Brent, I don't know how much of a difference it would make with, with everybody at this point. This is rock bottom. And I just don't see a path at this point. I, I tried to be really open-minded where you could say, let's, let's talk in February. Let's see if there's room. Like, is this team thriving? Are they, yeah. are they improving? Um, it, it's hard to kill them be, too badly because they don't have their guys, but I, it's simply not. I just don't know how there isn't a coaching change at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean... I don't feel like I'm being too premature. I mean, no, they're, I they're not even competitive. It's that what that felt, you know, similar to me was like that Baylor football game in 2013. Oh, that's where, a really just yeah. like, I got nothing. Yeah. And you feel bad for this reason. Like if you're going to go down and if this indeed is the last year for, for Perlman and his staff, you want to be, be able to fight with two hands and yeah. Iowa State's fighting with the hand behind his back right now. Yeah. Like that's not fair. Like, like if I'm in that yeah, spot, that's well said. Yeah. If I'm in that spot, and I and I know this, you know, it's a win loss business, and I'm losing, and I, I can't get over the hump right now. I at least want my full complement of guys, and this is just rude or and, and and cruel. It's a cruel business, but at the end of the day, your win loss record doesn't care about COVID or the fact that you're going to be ninth or tenth now three of the last four years. Like, you can single up this year, but you also look have to look at the big picture as well and. You know, I think the trends say that I think it, it, it's trending to the direction we all believe that will happen. And, you know, you throw in the COVID part of it, and sure, that's a consideration. But also know that, you know, Jamie in his, his years here has been patient. I think he's been more than patient with Steve Prohm as well. Absolutely. But he also, he also has not been afraid, if he feels like it's time, that he needs to make a move, he will make the move. And so I have every right to have full confidence in Pollard that, that he will decide uh, what is best for Iowa State. And he knows more than any of us what t- that time might be. And, you know, we can have our professional opinions here. And the, the issue is, like you said, you know, November it's one thing. You say, well, let's get us to February. We're in February now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not... It's and and not, everybody feels worse. It's not... Yeah, it's not getting any better. And so I, I think ultimately you're in a tough spot. So, and I... I would love to get in the conversation. I mean, I think there's a lot of comparisons here between the McDermott era and the Prome era in some context, and that is you are dealing with a conference that is absolutely loaded right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think the Big 12 has been this good since McDermott was here and Kevin Durant was at Texas and Blake Griffin was at Oklahoma and Kansas was winning national championships and you had... Um, you know, Billy Gillespie had it rolling at A&M. Like, you had a lot of good things happening. And I think this year, I mean, if you just look at the top 15 coaches in, as far as salary goes in college basketball, six of the 15 are in the Big 12. You are dealing with Hall of Famers night in and night out. And mm-hmm. when you don't have it going well, it gets ugly in a hurry, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, and I, I mean, my my analysis, too, just looking ahead, is I, I just, if you do, let's say that Pollard would pull a McDermott here, and be like, I'm going to bring you back, but you have to retool the staff, all that stuff. Like, who would come here right now? Exactly. You, you know, and that's like, why I don't think you can do that. Mm-hmm. I think I, that I options either. that options very difficult right now because 
we've talked about on this podcast, coaches all the way down to assistant coaches are getting a lot sharper to the business here um, and and reading the writing on the wall more so than they did 10 years ago. And even 10 years ago, that was kind of a, a hope and a prayer at the time. Granted, it was with Nick Nurse as an assistant coach. Uh, yeah, which how is small crazy. world is that? Yeah, uh, and and Jeff Greer. But I just I don't know if you can retool the staff at this point and get and rescue it. I just I just don't know if that's possible. And so you're, the question is, can Steve Prohm get us back to the level we want to be with the current staff or with a couple, you know, tinkers here or there? And uh, that's the that's the question you have to ask. Uh, I think. I think the answer, the obvious answer to that is no. Uh, looking ahead to this week, um, West Virginia, <laughs> West Virginia on Tuesday. This is the problem. And then at Oklahoma on Saturday, who without two starters, just beat Nate Oates and it's cruel. top ten Alabama it's team a, on it's Saturday. A, it's a cruel world when it goes when it goes sour. It um, there's no end in sight. Boom! It could have been worse. Like they, it. I, I don't think they would have beat Kansas State had that game not been. I mean, that would have been a toss up, maybe. Yeah, K State's no. But good. they missed out on at Kansas, Texas, and at Texas Tech due to the pandemic deal. Sure, they'll have you know to play those games potentially eventually, but yeah, but like that string, like I mean, we're like I'm just saying, we're right. talking about a two and nine team right now. Like it could be. Yeah, a hell of a lot worse. Now they would have had their players, so that that changed. They haven't. I talked to somebody in the program today. Like they haven't been able to play five on five in months. Like it's just it's, been it's brutal. Yeah. They, so, but regardless, um, my biggest thing too, like we talk about the staff and everything, but I mean the the fan base is totally gone. Like it's completely gone. And I I think financially. Um, you can look at like buyouts and all that sure. stuff, which Prom's buyout is not bad. I, I I don't have an official number, but I was I was doing some math and and it's it's not bad. I think like if you waited until after the season, it goes down to like one point five or something like that. So well, it's yeah, that how it's you, more than that, but it's it was like one point five to three that that type of range, depending on when you pulled the trigger. I I will say I don't think. In this context, the buyout is a, a huge consideration. I don't either because if you if if nobody is supporting it anymore, you're going to lose way more at the gate next Correct. year, and Correct. in donations and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, it's not a buyout question. If you're if Iowa State's making decisions on its men's basketball program due to the buyout, they are far worse shape than than even mm-hmm. they are now because it's they're not they're they're. You know, COVID's been rough on the athletic department. Jamie came out with the, the statement this week that the Iowa State's down $25 million. However, however, it's not a deal breaker that Iowa State cannot make any type of personnel moves. No. Like, they are still viable enough, and they can do enough things that if, if Pollard feels it's in the best direction of the program to make a change, a change will be made. I completely agree with that, um, especially – you know, as as Jamie has said, with the football deal, it's a, it was a really good year to be good because you needed those tickets and stuff to come in next year. Um, having nobody buy season tickets for basketball would be a really bad year. Yeah, for that to happen, it, you you need you need that sport. And so then the now second, more than ever. And you brought up football, and so the other consideration I, I've heard, and I'm sure you have well as well, is 
well, do we really, you know, do we consider buyouts and financial obligations to the men's basketball program take away from what Campbell and staff need on the football end? And while it is the same athletic department, I think Iowa State can walk and chew gum at the same time here. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a complete, oh, you know, we need all this resources dedicated to football. We're going to let basketball just wither away over here. Um, no, I, they can, they can, they can figure out both things in some capacity. <sighs> yep. So there you go. Um, that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's any way around it at this point. I don't think a turnaround is really even possible. I mean, it doesn't sound like it. I think that they may get a couple guys back this week, but they're not going to be at full strength for at least 10 days. From, yeah. from the sound of things. I guess kudos to everybody involved with that program for still keeping at it. I mean, they it'd could, be easy to throw in the towel. It could be easy to say, we're done, we're out, and, you know, nice knowing you. But they're they're going to battle. I mean, that's the one thing is this, there's, there's a lot of integrity with that staff. And they're going to, they're going to, if, if this is the last year and if this is it, they're going to go down in a respectable manner. Like, they're not going to just, you want a positive? Throw up their hands and quit. At least, Hilton can only have partial fans, and we don't have to see that place empty, right? Because that would suck. That that would be a bummer. That would be that would be hard. Uh, the women's team today, um, Sunday. A lot of you listening to this on Monday. I realized that uh, had a bout versus Baylor. Man, that, that was uh, a now they lost twelve rounder. Um, here was my takeaway from that though. So last year you beat Baylor. It's you know it's a little fluky like I mean it, that, it, that game was a little fluky yeah like you, nobody felt at the end of that game that Iowa State was a better team than Baylor right agreed that's fair um the game down in Waco you go okay <laughs> what a win uh, one of the biggest wins in program history but there's still the Waco folks going well yeah but we were just coming off of COVID whatever Iowa State lost today but. Baylor at full force, you know, Iowa State didn't have Maggie Espinola-McGraw, which I think I'm a huge fan of hers. Same. Whatever, not an excuse here. Iowa State belonged on the court with them. And you and I have called a lot of these games between Iowa State and Baylor where you're just hoping you can hang on and and keep it respectable. Iowa State belongs on the court with that team. And if they played 10 times, I think Iowa State could win three or four of them. Like, I I think that it's – I think it's to that point – Yep. This reminds me a little bit of Iowa State-Oklahoma football right now where, sure. you know, for the longest time you're trying to st- – but, but now, like, I mean, if you – we saw that Big 12 championship game. Play that game 10 times, they may split. I don't know if Iowa State women's basketball would split with Baylor in 10, but it'd be They'll damn close. They'd win some. They I, belong on the court with that team. That's a great point. I thought that was just a phenomenal effort and the talent level, like – Donarski and Fuhrbach were two of the, I think, eight best players on the floor, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. True freshmen. They have no fear, man. Just no Those fear. Freshmen are, super skilled. Oh. And Emily Ryan got in foul trouble, but yet you you know she belongs. Where Iowa State's still at a disadvantage is they just don't – I mean, they got just dominated on the glass. They need a post player. Yeah. I mean, Chris and Scott need some help. You get out-rebounded, what was it, 51-26. You give up a bunch of second-chance points. You just can't – you cannot recreate those numbers with the three ball. And Iowa State shot it pretty well today, but you just cannot give up that much and expect to be in the game. And so, you know, I we've had this conversation. 
mean, Iowa State's not ranked. They really should be. Iowa State is a top 20 caliber team right now, in my opinion. But in order for them to get to that next level where they're consistent like Baylor is, they need another post presence. And they've got a couple coming in, but, you know, otherwise you run into situations like against Baylor today or against Texas last uh, week where you're getting out-rebound on the glass and it takes away your skill advantage because they're just basically playing volleyball up there. Big one on Wednesday at West Virginia. That's West Virginia's been playing very well yeah, and is right they, in the race too. That that is a key yeah, game. That, that's a big game. That's a tough place to play too. You've been there. Yes. The, Old Morgantown. The, for some reason, I get that game a lot. I've I think I've called like three of the last four at Morgan. Of that place. The only time I didn't is when you got to meet the guy from the Sandlot last year. Yeah, yeah. Tough one. Uh, tough tough draw. That's always one of my favorite road trips. Was I was one. I always like to sign up. For no, that the, one. so the catcher from the Sandlot. I met yeah. him in. Uh, <laughs> A West Virginia establishment. Iconic photo. Yeah, you and, it is. He's you a, and Billy and that guy. Yep. And then uh, Tech comes to town Saturday. That should be a win. Uh, at Oklahoma the following week, you'd think that should be a win, but they played Iowa State pretty tough. But I, this is um, – if you're if you're cash out on the men's team, uh, the women's game has never really been your thing. Uh, you should totally give it a try. They are a blast. Uh, I love these freshmen. Uh, you got one of the top five players in the country, Ashley Jones. It's fantastic. And you know what I did on Saturday night? I um, played. Uh, um, I played the wrestling on my iPad oh, and yeah. watched every minute I had from the opening match to the final one. And I had so much fun watching the the. Re- He's got that. They're humming, man. Getting better. They only lost to Oklahoma State by a point. Um, they're really young and super beat up, but they are, you know, the the Jackson years. Like I, I kept telling myself, I wanted to be a wrestling fan, because uh, I I do. I, I come from a school where we were very much a wrestling high school, and a lot of my friends were really good wrestlers, so I enjoyed it. I, I went to a lot of those uh, yep. in high school, watched it, uh, and then I got to Iowa State, and um, the Kale years were phenomenal. Really enjoyed it. I kept trying during the Jackson year, and it was just, it was really boring brand of wrestling, and they stunk on top of it. I'm fully back. Like, I'm, I'm really excited about this. They are um, an absolute joy to watch that team compete because they're aggressive. They just, they shoot, you know, they're, they're the, they, they're the aggressor in most matches, which even if they lose, it's still entertaining. And, and Carr, David Carr is the next great oh, yeah. cycling wrestler, right? He's like, the next, like, Kyvan and Ultra. Yeah, Barner it's probably the next and, yeah. Yeah, good one. Yeah, I it's been uh And then that Cuban kid is phenomenal. Right, like right. God, they got cool some, story too. They got some great talent yeah. on that on that roster. It's it's fun to to watch that rebuild and he's a grinder and I don't think his dresser's gonna stop until he has them, you know, in the top top three nationally, top four. All right. Um wanna tell you we're gonna give out a promo code right now. Okay, for oh. our friends at Van Veen Chocolates, because here's the deal. You guys, I know you guys, you probably like don't even realize that Valentine's Day is just around the corner, but it is. Two weeks? Two weeks, but here's the deal. Uh, if you want to support a great, small, cyclone business, our friends at Van Veen Chocolates, you can do so, but you need to, if you're going to, unless you want to drive down to Pella, which you're 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 more so than it is a lovely drive. You are more than welcome to drive down 
to Pella. I have not been down to the Van Veen shop. However, um, that is definitely on my list of things to do here in the spring. Uh, I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to uh, go to a couple games of the Central Softball team, my good friend George Wares. Ouch. Um, but here's a promo code, and it's going to get you 9% off. But you've got to get your order in by the 5th of February to get deliveries by Valentine's Day. Pretty tough here. The promo code is Cyclones. <laughs> Any capitals? or No, uh, okay. capital C, yeah. Okay, capitals. Uh, that'll get you 9% off. If you're a Cyclone Fanatic Premium or Patreon member, you get a 15% off discount. I sent that out earlier tonight. But this is a Cyclone business. Uh, Matthew and Marja, the owners, are great, great Cyclone fans. And we came together as a community and really made their fourth quarter, uh, really may have even saved their business, to be honest with you. Uh, with COVID, it's been tough for these uh, mom and pop brick and mortar and they've done a great job to get the delivery stuff out there and they've been relying on cyclone fanatic and the cyclone um, fanatics to uh, really help that so guys uh, hit them up that is the uh, van veen chocolates van veen chocolates.com jacqueline's going to be sending out some promo um, stuff all over our cyclone fanatic social media pages as well and a shout out to our friends at gravitate co-working gravitatecoworking.com i believe one of the next big things coming up after this pandemic people want to get the hell out of their houses i know i sure do and uh, our friend jeff wood is a really good guy he's a big supporter of cyclone fanatic and he's the owner of Gravitate Coworking. Go to gravitatecoworking.com. Check out all their great membership options. They have meeting space. They've got a couple of locations here in the metro. And then also a new one uh, located up in Jefferson. If you're going up, uh, if you're one of our great rural listeners, a lot of Cyclone fans up in that area of our great state. So check them out at gravitatecoworking.com and support another great small business that uh, is a Cyclone business and our friend Jeff today. All right, Bloom, uh, I do have some football topics for us to hash out here in the second half of the podcast. First of all, we had some staff movement. Oh, hold on. Do you need any more Cody Road? I do. All right. Yeah, I think um, think this is a good weekend for it. Did you have a long weekend with the kids? I did. I did. Yeah. They're, uh, man, when you can't go outside or it's ugly out, man, it just, it just adds up. What all did you guys do? Nothing. And that's so you guys, say you got like a new couch? We got, no, so. What the hell's going okay. on? Like I'm, I we have don't this, ask me. we have this family text chain. So they're, I'm not making this up. So there's, but there's, the wives are like obsessed with this couch. Yeah. Like apparently it's a big deal. I didn't, didn't realize it, but there's a, this kids couch slash obstacle course thing. We've drank like half a bottle of Cody Road during this podcast already. I think today's necessary. It's called a nugget. It's a nugget couch. Excuse me? You're right. A nugget. Not like, well, yeah, it is. But anyway, it's it's like a kid's couch they can play on and wear themselves out on it. Apparently, it's a big deal. It it took us like three months to get one because we were on some, unbeknownst to me, a waiting list for the nugget couch and it arrived this weekend. How much did that put you back? I think it was like 200 bucks. Nice. Yep. Thanks to uh, our friends at Mechdyne, Gravitate, Franklin Barbershop, Van Veen Chocolates, and Cody Road that I can afford such things. Oh, the, your stipend for the I, podcast I mean, my, here my goes straight immense, to the nugget immense couch. immense salary that Cyclone Fanatic pays me. 
You get the checks for, for this. I know it's great content. Nugget. Thanks con- to all the people. I gotta look this thing up. It's here. called a nugget. No, I just need to see a picture of okay. it before the original play couch. Play couch. That's it. Yeah. It's just a couch. It's a couch, but you can like maneuver it around again. So I don't is know. it like what my girls are playing on out there? Yours like when they just you, jump no, around? Yours, and, it's, it's a lot like that, but yours is a little bigger because your kids are bigger. So it's interesting. And I mean, if you wanted to, we should get another business. Just make these things and well, call it call it expensive, and then sell. You know, it'd be a hell of a time is if we combined your nugget with what my girls are playing on out That's there. So we got our girls. It sounds like the Super Bowl is coming weekend. <laughs> no, we got our girls Sheesh. for Christmas a, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like all these like pads. Yep. And they can create like basically, basically like a what this fort. thing is. Yeah. It's a fort slash yeah. couch slash well, slide. Good for uh, Everett and Theo. I'm yeah. sure they're yeah. uh, really appreciating well, and, that. And Theo is now 14 months, and he is um, he's a walking fool. Yeah. So look out. Well, all right. Nothing is safe. Um, staff movement this week. Started hearing some rumblings about this last week. You poured that Cody Road strong. Well, you? you said you needed it. <laughs> um, I I love. The announcement I'm about to make, it's not a, we're not breaking any news, but Taylor Mosier is a stud. This guy, he's the new tight ends coach. Um, he's taking the staff spot of Mick McCall, whose contract was not renewed. Uh, I don't, but what I like about it is Tom Manning now is off the tight ends and he's just the overall director of the offense which is the exact same role that John Haycock has with the defense. And through my talks with Matt over the years, I know this was something he was striving for. Yep. Uh, The year, uh, so for some perspective for folks, the year that Tom was in the NFL, Matt basically served in this role for the offense. Matt didn't necessarily like that because he likes being the CEO type where he can kind of just bounce around. And um, so now Tom gets that new title. It's not a new title. Are you you breaking news that Matt called the plays? I don't actually know that, to be honest. I swear to God, I don't know that he called plays. I don't think he did call the plays. I actually think it was the quarterback's coach. I agree. Who was calling plays. Um, They never did say. No. But I I think Matt was doing that to protect his staff, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I swear to God, I don't. To this day, I've never asked. Maybe I'll ask him that on Tuesday. Hey, who called the plays in 2018? Please do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a statute of limitations. Yeah, is up. You can tell us now. They still probably won't tell you. Um, but I like, I see what I, you're saying. I just yeah. know how Matt like envisions his staff to be. And this is, he wanted like the guy, the elder statesman in the defense. We've always had with Haycock. He's always wanted that with the offense. Now Manning can do that. Uh, Manning has proven himself to be that guy. He's a future head coach. I'm a big Tom Manning fan. And I love Taylor Mosier. He has been integral in getting Iowa State a pipeline with the state of Arizona, where he is from. He got Brock Purdy. Yes. A ton of contacts. Um, uh, Eli Sanders. You know, there's a lot of guys. Ramos. Iowa State has a pipeline with the state of Arizona right now. And Taylor Mosier has gotten Iowa State in the door there. From a strictly recruiting standpoint... This is fantastic. Another thing I just like about it is 
any great leader, any great CEO, when you can promote your people from within and reward with them for really good and hard work, you know, if that's a bonus, if that's, you know, a promotion or whatever, it helps the morale of, of every, it's leadership. And by promoting Taylor from a, um, what was he like a quality started control? Started as a GA, yeah, and then he moved up to quality control, yep. and now now an assistant coach. That yep. shows the other guys, hey, if I work my ass off, and this guy leaves for the NFL or he gets a head coach, like I, like this shows like Nate Shieldhouse, who I think is the next offensive coordinator. He also was, got a promotion. Yeah, he did. I got, I think that in my opinion, um, Tom will get a head coaching job at some point. I hope so for his sake. Yep. If he's not that next head coach at Iowa State. And, you know, Shield House will get promoted from within. Like, that, to me, is how this thing plays out. I think it's smart. And then uh, we get Jake Waters back, the former Kansas yeah. State quarterback. He was a graduate assistant for Iowa State in 2017. He's now taking that quality control job on the offense, and he will um, – Probably uh, work at the running backs. Yep. Yeah. But I'm a big Jake Waters fan. We used to call Jake Waters uh, high school That's games. That's right. St. Uh, Albert. It's St. Albert when uh, we were down at KMA. I was looking this up this week, and, and his I his twin brother Matt. That's right. Um, what was the Saint Albert um, nickname? The Saints. Saints. The Saints. Yeah, they're in the Hawkeye Ten now. Yep. Um, this surprised me because I didn't quite realize it. But did you know that both Tom Manning and John Haycock, this is pre-pandemic because they took the pay cut, were both scheduled to make nine hundred thousand dollars each, which would have put them in the top 15% of all coordinators in college football. Point is, Iowa State is really supporting its staff members now. And so while Matt, and this credit to Matt too, Matt could say, you know, I this should come to me. This, you know, I deserve six, seven million dollars like some of my peers because I'm at that level. Instead, he has really deferred a lot of the money he could potentially be making to the assistant coaches. But the Iowa State administration has really supported those assistant coaches so you know really if you're manning you're now you can have this yeah. position where yeah i you, know where you're going here you're you're the you're basically i mean it's 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 matt is you know ceo and his his two senior vice presidents are haycock and manning they just have to deal with the offense and the defense respectively not as much responsibility on the other stuff but if you're making nine hundred thousand dollars as the second in command yeah. What's what's the, your motivation to go coach a max school? Yeah, do you want to go be the Bowling Green coach Correct. for four hundred thousand? So I think this is this is really good as far as Iowa State's continuity going forward as well. Put it this way: both of those coaches are making three times the amount of, that Dave Beatty made as the head coach at Kansas a few years ago. Man, that's crazy. He was in the like two hundred. Uh, yeah, it was wild. But so they're getting how little they paid. Him. They're getting very well taken care of, which means that I'm guessing Shieldhouse. Just not at that level, but probably got a decent bump with his upgrade to the the, the run game coordinator. Is what they yeah, titled him, I something think. like that. Yeah. Or pass game. Man, there's a lot of titles in a football. Yeah, program but so a, a title is basically a um, it's extra dollars. Um, long story short, so those guys are getting taken care of. But Matt's keeping his guys around, and this is huge. We talked about it. This month is big for staff continuity, and what Iowa State did was basically its own choosing. I mean, nobody really left. Other than the the special teams quality control guy, 
um, and Hauser, who goes to Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. But you know, if that's if that's your only loss from a staff that has done so well together, that's a great sign moving forward. So I look at this news as fantastic. Shieldhouse is a rock star. There's a lot of big names that came calling for Nate this offseason. That's why he got the promotion. Matt is in love with him. Yeah, too. I mean he should be. I mean I think I think Nate Nate and Manning both, you're gonna start to get, you know, heavy, heavy interest from now forward. So obviously keeping Matt's priority number one. But I think those two are are next in line. And so why do you promote Mauser or Mosier? I'm not sure how Taylor pronounces his last name. But he has the potential to be just a lights out recruiter. And so you get another guy that can get on the road. And as a quality control guy, he couldn't really get on the road. Now, he could at times when Iowa State had an, uh, a staff opening. And you would get nine guys to go recruit. That's when he could do that. Now he's full-time in that. Look for Iowa State's recruiting to really pick up, not just in Arizona, but nationwide. Go look at his Twitter feed. All the, the, the players that were so pumped for his promotion, that's the other thing, Yeah, is you, you show to, to the players as well of, of what can happen and, and taking care of your own. And it's a good spot for him, too. I mean, it's a pretty low-pressure position to go and take over at the tight end spot well, at Iowa State got, right now. You've got Campbell, who's coached some of that before, and then Manning has been the tight ends coach. And, so you don't, and you have such a stacked group. Correct. And they love the younger guys, too. Uh, it's, I think this tight end group. That was an awesome, awesome news week for them. I yeah, that was big. He was a guy I was kind of like concerned about heading into the off season. And I'm not surprised Matt um, made a way to get him on the staff to not lose him because I just know how impressed he's been by Taylor. And again, this is two years in a row where Matt has been not afraid to tinker with the staff, even though things are going well. Mm-hmm. You know, last year's strength coach. This year, it's promoting. This is a little bit different. This is pr- promoting Mauser to a position coach. So, um, always looking to make your make your place more efficient. ESPN put out a ranking of all 130 FBS teams. I believe this is a premium article. Um, so, if you go to look for this article, I think you have to have a ESPN Plus subscription. Uh, but they did it by tier. Okay. So the tiers bloom were like national championship contenders, playoff contenders. Uh, Iowa State was in the third tier. I'll see what you think about this. Um, and the title is, who, quote, Who wrote it? Um, hold on. Let me pull that up. I, I actually I don't have it. But Iowa State's tier, and then I'll pull it up here. Uh, teams will spend a lot of time making a case for who won't actually make the playoff. Okay. <laughs> So rude. That's kind of a rude. It's kind of, rude it's kind of a backhanded uh, right. way of saying that you're a you're a pretty good team, but uh, you're yeah, not good enough. Good luck next year. Uh, the the takeaway I had from it, Brent though, was that Iowa State's in that conversation yeah. like we thought they would be. There were a couple of articles here that we thought um, David Hale. Do you know who David Hale is? The the tiers above it were championship favorites. That's how many. So how many are in tier Alabama, one or two? Clemson, Georgia, yeah, yeah, Ohio yeah. State, Oklahoma? Okay, knocking on the door. See, I feel like Iowa State I should think, be here. Yes, I agree. It's Florida, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Oregon, Penn State, Texas, Texas. What? Oregon or not Oregon? Penn State. What did Penn State do? Penn State sucked last year. Yeah. Texas. Okay. In Texas A&M. David Hale lost some respect for me. And then um, teams will spend a lot of time making a case for it. won't actually make the playoffs. Cincinnati, 
Iowa, Iowa State, Miami, Oklahoma State, USC, Washington, and Wisconsin. This is a slap in the face. A little bit. It's a slap in the face right here. Thanks, David Hale. I will. It, it will be interesting, though. I mean, and I hate to bring this up on the 1st of February or January Oh, 31st. boy, here we go. What are you going to do? That Iowa State game oh, is going to be the biggest ever. Yeah, I know. I'm already dreading I'm just, that. I know. I'm just telling I you. I don't want that day to come. Your top so, two top 15 teams. You haven't seen my – I just did a little rundown for us tonight that you haven't even seen. I didn't even send it to you. You did not? My final talking point for tonight was early season football, specifically you and I in Iowa. There's the UNLV trip, too. Mm-hmm. But my question was, is this year Iowa State can finally come out of the gate strong in yes. September? Yeah. They're running the non-conference. Feel good about it. The Iowa game. The Iowa. Well, it's it's a home game. Yeah. I don't fear Iowa. Like, I think we would have beat Iowa this year. But, like, in a normal circumstance, clearly not if you're Man. riddled by COVID like they were I against know. Louisiana. But, like, that, I, that's just going to be really annoying. It is, and it, you, you, that game two years ago, one of those was like you friendly. did everything but win the game. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird. That what a weird week. That rain delay too. Like you know, you don't make the excuse, but man, Iowa State was going to control that it's, game. It felt like it, and then that rain delay happened in Iowa. It was just a different team when they came back out. The and world, they, the world has gone mad since then. But that was such a bizarre week. Think about that. Should be a documentary someday. You had the game, you had game day, you had the rainstorm, you had the students running on the field during the middle of the rainstorm. And we thought the game was going to get like canceled because yep. the field got all destroyed. Then you had the band situation following the game. Oh, and shit. then you had the Carson King register thing following the game week after the game. <laughs> Simpler times, my friend. But no, I mean this, so Iowa State two years ago, the last game, last time it was played, I mean just dominated Yards per play, analytics were all in their favor, just didn't win the game. But at some point, until Campbell does it, it's going to be held against him that he still has not defeated Iowa. Everyone knows this. Yeah. Now, it's time. They're going to be good, though. They're a solid team. I just think obviously it's better across the board, namely at the quarterback position. Yeah, a lot better there. Uh, it'll be a eventful. I hope, I hope that damn Northern allowed. Iowa game, man. I'm not concerned. I'm not like concerned, but like I hate playing Northern. Yeah, Iowa. no, it's not an enjoyable occasion. Look at us, February first, and we're already breaking down September football. What do you, fa- fa- what do you think, fans? I mean, obviously, fans. But what, what are we full housing full, it? Or full full bore. Because at that point, at that point, like anyone are we worried about the variants. Like the, the let's see, the variants is a wild card. <laughs> Like at that South African thing. But like to me, the way I kind of look at it is we get to that. How freaking crazy is it that here we are like almost a year later and having Mm -hmm. the discussion about next football. I know. Remember when we were like, oh, is this going to affect football season? So I know. In like last March. It's that's been. But like. The world doesn't end or doesn't stop. I don't even know. The way I look at it, though, Bloom, is anyone who, like, has to be, like, needs vaccinated will be vaccinated by then. Yes. And and if you choose not to, then it's on you. Like, if you're if you're an anti-vaxxer and you die from COVID, it's your fault. Like, I, harsh but true. Like, if you're not going to get the vaccine, then. I just. Like. 
I just wonder at what point people will actually be comfortable being in sold out crowds like that. Iowa State's going to have a preseason top 10 football team. People will be comfortable. Okay. I hope do, so. do you disagree? I'm just wondering. I'm just thinking out loud. Like, what is this public sentiment going to be at that point? Because you hear varying. You know, God, well, you're bringing me down. No, here. I'm just. I know. I'm just like that. I hope. I, I think we'll have a good number of people vaccinated by September, right? Which is the important thing. But yet you'll still have some people who are, are wary of, well, it's only 90% effective. Maybe I shouldn't go. Or do we still need to then wear don't masks? Go. Do we need to wear masks still? Like, what, what's the, what does September look like? God, could you imagine one of those, like, hot September days? No. With 60,000 people all wearing masks? I just, I'm really fascinated by. How will by, they drink? I'm fascinated by this whole thing because it's like, are we going to be so used to the social physical distancing and the masking that, well, we're not really not totally away from Corona because of the, the variants now. Like even the, and you know, the vaccine isn't totally protective against, I don't know. I'm just thinking like, no, I know you're, we're going to use, we're going to use all the ammunition against why it's still not completely safe to be normal. And the football, a football game with 61,000 people is probably would be at the top of that list. Yeah, I don't still know. a top, still a top ten had, football team, Chris. I, I know you haven't thought about it yet. But well, it's, we were putting together a Vegas trip. Uh, yeah, I mean, you I, I take still do the Vegas trip. You think we still can? Yeah, like for the for the UNLV game. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, partnering with our friends yeah, no, from you, uh, Cyclone Liquor. No, so here's the deal. I I do think the capacity will be at least fifty percent. I'm safe in saying that. I just don't know if it's going to be completely like full bore 61.5 yet. But people will go to road games. People will go to UNLV. I'll, I can't wait to go to UNLV. I just, I mean, I'm just trying to think like what, 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 what eight months from now, what do we look like? I've been making pretty consistent trips to Vegas. I wonder if I will be in the future. <laughs> It's always a good reason to go to Vegas. Cody Rhodes know? starting to hit in. There's always <laughs> a good reason to go to for Vegas. For me to make that yeah, comment. I know I hear you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we'll have a full stadium. I hope so. I, I, f- I feel... At, f- at some point... like I mean, w- w- this is a broken record. We've had this conversation a million times. But again, like it, you know, if we're at the point, at that point, and it, it seems like... God knows if it happens or not. It seems like it's, this is like the priority of this new administration. Yes, that's fair. For the other administration was the priority seemed to be more, um, you know, keeping Laissez things open. Yeah. yeah. Like if that is the case and these variants don't kill us all before then, to me, if you've had the opportunity to get the vaccine. Yep and you don't get it for whatever reason, it's your choice. If you die from this, that's on you. Like, we don't have to completely change our lives anymore. Sure. That's how I view it. I And I agree. And I do think people, I, I do, I think masks will become more common. Well, the, so like during like flu season, like if you go into Walgreens, I could see like my wife, 
even if COVID's done, like I could see my wife now being like, ah, I'm just going to wear a mask into Walmart. For those not aware, like flu season has disappeared. Because we're all people. wearing masks and yeah. we're not around each other. Yeah. It's not some conspiracy no, theory. No, I know. I, I know. I, yeah. I agree. There's a lot of people who are like, oh. Where did, you, where did your flu go? Well, <laughs> well, we're not around each other and there's, you know. Yeah. I just think, I mean. I'm pretty sure I had the flu last week, though, man. That was brutal. That's not no good. Feeling wow. better now? <sighs> yeah, I feel immensely better now but that whatever cami and i had was brutal well i'm glad you didn't give it to me i didn't see you yeah. but, uh, so let's let's just hope i would say it's in the top 10 and there'll be a good majority of people in jack trice stadium to enjoy it i, I know agree. i will what do you got coming up this week you got on the call of anything i've got the women's game on saturday Tech? against the lady raiders that will be a fun one, but that's, that's about it. Okay. I've got um, just a typical week. Uh, Matt Campbell coming up on Tuesday. When is your Daytona 500? Is that coming around the corner? That is Valentine's looking, Day this so you're year. looking forward to it? Looking forward to that. I, I'm really into uh, the dirt stuff, man. Like, you know what's funny is um, we've talked about They're this. They're still little. doing the dirt in January? Yeah, they they've actually, it's like some of the biggest weeks of the year. They The... Technology, and we're not going to talk dirt racing here, I promise. But technology, though, has just changed everything. Like, I, you should check it out. I, I've never brought it up on this podcast, but we launched a um, racing website during the pandemic, yep. alwaysraceday.com. I wrote a column for that today about this. And so, like, boom, look up there. These are dirt late model diecast cars okay. that I inherited from my Uncle Dick. Yep. And, um, that real, I, I swear to God, there's so the big college football, and then that's my favorite sport is dirt late model with that. racing. Yep. But in, in the past, like when I was growing up, we, we couldn't watch it. You had to drive five hours to the closest race, and that was only for like one week out of the year. You just couldn't wow. follow it. You, okay. we would get these like, these shitty magazines like in the mail, like once a month that would keep, and that's how we would follow the sport. Now, you can watch it, it every weekend. And you've experienced this yeah. a lot with me during yep. the pandemic. Not not every weekend, like five nights a week, <laughs> I could be watching these things. And like my passion for the sport has never been higher. And I, I I find it fascinating too. Like now, just me and I'm 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 old school here. Like you cut the cord years ago. I still yeah. have it. I still have a Dish Network. But like my enjoyment of pulling up ESPN Plus. And being able to just watch a game or the WWE Network or whatever has changed so much over the last year. Mm. And I just, I know that other people are out there like that. And I'm looking at these television contracts and I'm just like, I don't even think that, I, I, I think that a lot of these suits in these conferences, not necessarily the commissioners, but they're so out of touch. I think it's going to surprise them who comes calling. I truly believe that. In a good way? Yeah. Yeah. I just... Now, the the problem they're going to have is like, well, we don't want to become too niche. Like, if we're just on Netflix, then we're not over the air, and it's harder for people to stumble upon us, and there's all that. But, like, these are the most valuable companies in the world, man. These are, like, if if, let, if Amazon hear. wants to sign the Big 12, like, are you going to really tell them no? Right. If they outbid Disney by 50%, like... And now, they could. They could they if they wanted so to. If they want to. Yeah. You know, they, they absolutely can. 
it's fast. But I, I'm watching these dirt races. So, like, you brought up NASCAR, which I love. I'm still a NASCAR fan. But, like, I usually have, like, a countdown going until Daytona. I don't anymore because hmm. I'm watching these damn dirt races every night. Because Daytona was, like, the first. Yeah. The first one. Normal. Actually, you. this week is the 24 hours of Daytona, the Rolex sports car race. I didn't even watch it because I've had my fill. I've been watching late models and sprint cars for two weeks. Man, that's it's just that's it's great. The world is changing. Yeah. Makes you wonder. Yeah, do you need then ESPN and Fox and and those? I mean, the only we'll thing holding the traditional television model together right now is live sports. Yep, that's the only thing. And we saw that some. Is true. That is one hundred percent true. We saw some crazy stuff this week, and, and I, cable new and. Yeah, I mean, you realize what well, you do. The numbers CNN, Fox, and MSNBC are it's pulling in. Crazy, it's insane. Or at least it was. It'll be weird. I to, think. I, think I bet it, they'll drop. I think it will drop. The craziness is. People are fatigued by the Trump well, twenty-four hours, and now like you can't recreate crazy when there's yeah. not as much crazy. Well, and Biden, like even if you hate him, like he's he, pretty boring. Yeah, and he he's going to be like strategic about not running his mouth all the time. More boring, I should say than yeah, just boring. But you, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, like it's it's less intriguing television. Trump was like a television star while he was our president. I do enjoy the game I play every night. It's flipping around the the oh, news channel, seeing what they're covering, see what the controversy is yeah. tonight. I told that to a friend of mine on on Facebook. He shared a Tucker Carlson uh, interview where this woman. Do you know T- Tucker Carlson? Again, we're. Whatever. Far past. People don't care. We're we're fine. Tucker Carlson via the Vegas odds is a top seven Republican candidate in twenty twenty four. Jesus. <laughs> Not making that up. It's like Nikki Haley, um Yeah, she wants to run. Pence, Trump, and then Carlson's like five or six. Wow. What about Marco? He was below Carlson. Okay. Jeez. How crazy is that? Yep. Um my buddy shared this interview where Tucker was interviewing some woman who was endorsing that we don't we don't assign genders to babies anymore based off of their genitalia. That we should let the babies grow up and then decide what gender they want to be. And he was so outraged by this. And I'm like, Ben, they're trying to get you outraged by this. Like the amount of actual people in our country that actually believe that is so slim. Like you, so that was on Fox. Like, and then you could go over to MSNBC and they're going to find like the biggest, like homophobe in the world and set them up to say something stupid. And then you're going to have all the liberals sharing that to make the other side look like they're all a bunch of racists and homophobes. It's like, it's Calm the game, down, that's people. the game I play for five minutes every night, and I, <laughs> I call it good. Find an NBA game. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I my prediction though, sixty-one five for the Iowa game. Full tailgate lots. Okay, man. I I full tailgate I lots. I would love it. Everything. There's nothing I would love more than that. And you may even get game day again. But it's just like. Where are we going to be? I, I don't know. I hope so. I hope Game so. day, like, I, I would think Iowa State, Oklahoma has a decent shot for game day this year. Down there. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. 
Oh, I, I one other thing. People will love this. I sent this to a bunch of members of the football program this week just to get them all fired up, and it totally did. Uh, this is Danny Cannell. Oh, what he called Brock Mediocre? Yeah. Danny Cannell says, quote, when I look at Iowa State, they've got a lot of returning guys, but are there guys as good as Oklahoma and Texas? I think Brock Purdy has to take a massive step forward to them for them to compete with Spencer Rattler and whoever plays quarterback for the Longhorns next year. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know who the quarterback is. And and he's saying that Brock needs to take a step. Brock up. is mediocre and needs to There you go. And I, I sent that to a couple guys. I was like, hey, you might want to make sure Brock gets this. <laughs> he will. Uh, good stuff. Man, it's going to be an interesting couple of months. No doubt. We'll, we'll have her. Uh, I know you guys and the team will have her have it covered here at Fanatic. All right, Bloom. Have a good night. Thanks, pal. Have a good week. Go and uh, raise some money for the College of Business. <laughs> I, will, I will. Hey, if anybody's interested, you can find me. There you go. He's Brent Bloom. My name is Chris Williams. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, MacDyne. And we'll be back next week.